The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! You think he's gone? He's not gone! That's the whole point! He's never gone! Is this some radical new therapy? You see? <laughs> well, I must have not been paying attention When you were just talking to me Do you think that you could repeat the question? Facebook changed everything again. Everything. I got buttons on the side now. I have no idea what they do. Yeah. Can they just leave things alone? I liked it no. better. I liked the first Facebook better in 2009. Oh, yeah. When you had, like, Tom is, and then there was, like, a blank space, and then you could have your status of the day, and it was pinned to the top oh. of your... Remember all that? Yeah, yeah. When Facebook used to be good? Yeah. It's changing again very soon. It's going to make my job fun. Yeah. It's just a nightmare. Maybe Elon Musk can buy Facebook. Make it better. I don't know. Has he made Twitter better? Absolutely, yes. Really? At least for me, he has. Better or more, better. or more entertaining? Both. Yeah. All right. I'm not even going to try the Papa Paws today. No, we're not going to Papa. I don't think so. She's got no energy. Been very busy. I couldn't even hit any of those notes. I just tried that whole line and nothing came out. <laughs> nothing at all? No. It's been way too busy. Ooh, you know what? Before we get going, Lenny, do you want to bend that microphone? <coughs> it bends. me? Yeah, there you go. Bring That's it right that? in there. Yeah, basically eat it. It'll be fine. I'm feeling, I'm feeling so much better that I'm doing more. Yeah. But it used to take me five minutes to go up the stairs. Now I just breeze up. And then I know. I didn't realize it was you you came right. up so far. But then when I get to the top, I'm out of breath. Taking a Sorry. miracle drug, Tom? Is that what it is? Yeah, it's called Symphony. <laughs> All right. Yeah, but it makes him feel better than he really is, and then he hurts <laughs> right. himself. Right. He does That's exactly much. right. Uh, you were saying this last I get, week. I get out of, I get out of yeah. breath going up the stairs because my body's used to yeah. taking five minutes to do that. It's like, that didn't hurt at all, except right. I think I'm going to have a heart attack. Right, right exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I guess we'll get this show on the road, sure. shall we? Why not? Hi, how you guys doing? My name is Tom Duggan with the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, atop Two Guys Smoke Shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. We've got a great guest in. We're going to talk to him in a few minutes. Uh, but I want to get to a few things before we start the show. Um, I want to thank uh, Tim Collins from Local 7 Iron Workers for donating the food last night to TMF for the homeless. We appreciate that. And we appreciate everybody at uh, TMF who helps out with the homeless, whether it's donating food or clothes or the big item right now that we need the most of. Sterno cans. It's been going to be really cold this weekend. Somebody donated seven, eight, almost eight or nine uh, cases of Sterno cans last week. Those were oh, gone. Wow. In, those were gone in two days. Yeah, they were gone in two days. So we've. I think we've got like two cases left. That's not going to last us tonight. So anybody that wants to donate something for the for the homeless, Sterno cans are the big thing. Sterno cans and hand warmers right now are like the big thing that we need the most of. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and almost every day, I want to thank like all the random um, anonymous people who like almost every day I get to my office and there's a bag of something outside my office door with a note saying, here, this is for the homeless. And at least five out of every six times that happens, there's no name. Like it's just somebody oh. who came by the office. They knew we needed stuff. They dropped it off. They didn't even tell us who they were so we could thank them publicly. So to all of those people, we appreciate that you do that. Uh, it does make a big difference when we're out there. 
It, the, it, for me, it's the worst feeling in the world when we get to like our last stop and someone says, do you have any hand warmers? We're really cold and we're out and we don't have any left. That's like the worst feeling in the world. Because then it's like 11 o'clock at night on a Wednesday or a Thursday and we're driving around to stores looking to try and buy some to try and get to that one guy that we missed. Um, so for those people, thank you very much. Also, we've got a quick bash update. Uh, the bash is in 57 days. It's 57 days from today. And uh, we did really good the first week. We raised almost $10,000 in our first week. And then last week, eh, not so much. So uh, it's time to start stepping it up for those of you who normally donate to our scholarships. Uh, and I would, and I would uh, do, the, I would do the, uh, the numbers here, but I just, uh, for some reason, don't have it directly in front of me. If you give me one second, I will get that. Uh, tote boards. And it would I mean, be I've got them. I can read them out. Oh, if you want to read oh, well, Sexy voice, absolutely. Why don't you do I it for do us? I it. All right, so where are we at at the moment? The Dan Cody Memorial is at a total at the moment of $2,185. We have the Lawrence High uh, Junior ROTC. We've got $300 in that one at the moment. Haverhill High, the Benedetti Scholarship, is at $1,400. The Lawrence Tech, or Greater Lawrence Tech, excuse me, $1,170. We have the Whittier at $975. Methuen High, which is the aptly named Studio 21, that's me, that's us. Uh, podcast cafe uh, is scholarship is <laughs> we are at funnily enough twenty one hundred dollars, and the special needs scholarship is at currently at one thousand and two hundred dollars at a grand total so far of nine thousand three hundred and thirty dollars. Did you do a great oh. job on that? Awesome voice okay. too. I gotta say, very. Professional. I can read numbers. Sexiest voice <laughs> in podcast. Now we did get a hundred dollar donation last night, but the person didn't say where they wanted that hundred to go. So we're putting that aside. Whenever we get a donation and it doesn't say what the person wants it to go to, we put it aside. We don't add it into the totals. And then toward the end, if it looks like, you know, whatever, the Whittier kid needs, the kid, the Whittier kid's number is the lowest, we'll add it to that scholarship. That's so uh, we want to thank Sue Evans last night for giving us a $100 donation. That will get worked into one of these unless she has, a, unless she, like, you know, says, no, no, I wanted that to go to a specific scholarship. Right. Otherwise, we'll give it to the kid that has the least amount, like, when we get close to the uh, Close to the thing. We also made a uh, big announcement, and I'm, I, I couldn't be more happy to have him back. He's been a staple at the bash up until the last couple of years when Charlie Baker screwed him over, um, and they tried to um, frame Francisco Urena for the deaths at the old soldiers' home. And thank God for Linda Campbell, former state rep in Methuen, and uh, Kevin Sullivan, former mayor of Lawrence, and former director of uh, administration and finance for the state, for behind the scenes doing an awful lot of work to exonerate Francisco Urena and prove that he had nothing to do with that. He's going to be one of our keynote speakers at the Bash this year, and um, he always does a great job. Uh, it's, it's one of those things where we, do, we give out a couple of awards to hero veterans who not only went off and served, but then came back and continued serving their country by serving their community. And uh, we always give Francisco Urania the opportunity to nominate someone. And then he's the guy that, like, gets up and does the presentation and stuff. So, okay. uh, And he knows all kinds of stuff about, like, veteran things because he's a Purple Hot hero. So uh, we let him do that. No phones on the Paying Attention podcast. Oh, and I believe you're announcing the first uh, scholarship recipient. We do. We got, I want to thank Jessica Finicaro. Now, we'll put her picture up. 
Uh, and now I know what you guys are thinking. I, knew, I The second I saw her picture, I know I'm going to get crap for this. Um, so I know what you guys are thinking. I just want to say right out of the gate, I did not pick any of the scholarship kids. I'm going to pick one. I'm going to pick the Cody kid. Um, but I, but I, I, all of the other seven scholarship recipients, I'm not, I didn't pick them. This young lady, her name is Ariel Cavaretta. She's from Methuen. She goes to the Greater Lawrence Tech. She's getting the Greater Lawrence Tech scholarship. And she was picked and vetted by uh, Bethuen City Councilor Jessica Finnecara. So I had no idea who was getting the scholarship until Jessica picked the kid and sent me the picture in the bio. Uh, congratulations mm-hmm. to Ariel. I got a, a bunch of emails from people after I posted a picture. Go, yeah, we know why you picked her. I didn't pick her. So keep your, keep your hate mail to yourself. This is one of the reasons, by the way, that I let other people pick scholarship winners and award winners so nobody can ever claim that there's any kind of shenanigan going on. We want to make sure that everything's on the up and up and everything's transparent publicly. Uh, so we want to thank them for that. Um, and I had one more thing here. Or, or did I? Let's see. Mm-hmm. Francisco, Janice, uh, nope, so I guess that's it. Um, in the studio with me today, boy, I tell you, we followed this, we talked about it every week while it was going on, the big drama. <laughs> State Representative Lenny Mirra won his election uh, initially on election night by about, I don't know, like about 100 votes or so. On election night, we won by 100 votes, that is correct. And at the end of this, I'm going to have him go through the timeline for you. At the end of this, they were mysteriously finding, mm. they were finding ballots that all had his opponent's name on it. Like, they didn't find any ballots with his name on it. They were just, mis- oh, look, oh, look, here behind the computer, we found one. And look, oh, oh look, under, underneath, the, underneath the doormat in front of the election office, we found another one. Look, we have no idea where these came from, but we got to count them, because every vote should count, right? And at the end of this, you ended up, uh, at least according to the official records, now losing by, what, one vote? One vote. One vote. I am declaring officially declaring shenanigans. I know <laughs> I, I know that Lenny doesn't want to. That means everybody go home and get your broom. Uh, shenanigans have been declared. Um, and I, what I want is I wanted Lenny. I, I wanted him here for a couple of reasons. I wanted to walk through the timeline of how this happened, because we continually get told by the media that there's no such thing as election fraud. Now, anybody who's followed Lawrence politics and they say this all the time knows that's 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 bullshit. Anybody who's followed the Valley Patriot, we've documented voter fraud uh, in the Merrimack Valley on numerous occasions, and yet the media continues to come out and say there's no such thing as voter fraud. And then when voter fraud does occur, they attack the people who try to uncover the voter fraud as some kind of conspiracy crazy people. Well, listen, I have two words for you, Willie Lantigua. All right. You don't believe in voter fraud? I got two words for you, Willie Lantigua. And anybody, including Democrats like Marcos Devers and Dan Rivera, are publicly on the record about how he stole the 2009 election. In fact, when Dan Rivera, uh, the year Dan Rivera beat Willie Lantigua, they had to ask for the entire apparatus of the Democrat state, state party to descend onto Lawrence on election day to make sure nobody was voting that wasn't supposed to. And then they were there for two days for all the recounts to make sure that nobody was fooling around with found ballots. Now, if there was no such thing as voter fraud, why would Dan Rivera have to do all that? Why would he have to bring in Elizabeth Warren and Nikki Songus and all the people she brought into Lawrence that year? He brought into Lawrence that year. Why would he have to do that if there was no such thing as voter fraud? You know, and I know there is. Now, I'm not saying that that's exactly what happened here because I'm going to have Lenny walk you through the timeline. But I suspect, given, given everything that he's about to tell you, that, that this is definitely voter fraud. Now, I knew you probably disagree with that. Not exactly voter fraud. Um, 
actually, believe it or not, it's more human error than anything else, to be honest with you. I'm actually You're, you're way too kind. No, no, no. I'm, and I'll explain why. All right, okay. So well, let me stop by saying, but first of all, this is a huge Tom Duggan exclusive. This is breaking. This is a huge story. The media missed it entirely. And this is the first time I'm going public with what really happened, and it's going to be on the Tom Duggan show, and I'm happy to do it because Tom has had me on so many times to say whatever I want to say. Uh, his paper's printed every single thing I've ever sent in. Uh, he's always given me the, the freedom I've needed and wanted uh, to, to state my positions, and so this is an exclusive Tom, believe me. Thank you. We no one has it. heard this before, uh, and it hit the fan last night, uh, or actually really? yesterday afternoon. Yeah, in, 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 in a formal session before the House of Representatives, because that's the final arbiter. So this really is breaking news. It just happened. It just, wow. And the media missed it entirely. But um, yeah, on election night, so we learned we won by 100 votes, which was really close. I mean, this is out of 24,000 votes cast for state rep. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we felt good about it, but under the new voting rules that we have, um, we had to wait for all the mail-in ballots to come in. And weeks after the election, they're still coming in. Um, as should, long there as were, cu- should there be a cutoff? Like- there's a cutoff. As long as you get a postmark. By the close of business day on election day. So it was November 8th, which is the latest you can have an election because it's always the first Tuesday after the first Monday. Mm -hmm. So the 8th is the latest you can have it. And so as long as it was postmarked by 5 p.m. on November 8th, it counted. Even if it came in like a week later, they're still counting. Let me tell you why that's outrageous. I used to work in an office where we had one of those postal things. Oh, yeah. Right? So you pay like a a, a certain amount for a permit. Yeah. You get the permit, and then you can run as many letters as you want through that, and it will stamp it, and it will postmark it as if it's at the post office. Right. And, and in fact, when I worked at City Hall in Lawrence, we had one of those. Right? So there are city halls and... Government agencies that have these postmark machines that they can postmark. I can I can postmark the envelope with nothing in it, yeah, and then stuff it afterwards and mail it in three days. Well, later. that actually came up during the investigation because um, you know there, there was a chain of custody custody issue in Ipswich. That's where a lot of the um, issues with the uh, whole election were in mm-hmm. Ipswich. That's the big town in my district, and um, you know a lot of the ballots got put in a box that. You know, they're supposed to be put in a box that only the town clerk has a key to, right? So no one else can touch them. But these ended up in a box that everyone had a key to. It's the box you put your water bill in, you know, your excise tax. So, you know, half the people in town hall have access to it. Um, but that really wasn't the problem. The problem was that, um, you know, these, these ballots started coming in a week after the election. Uh, and they bounced off pretty well in all the towns, once again, except for Ipswich. And they had more late ballots in Ipswich than all the other towns put together, over 100 of them. Wow. So I said... And I went to the opening of these ballots, and almost all of them went to my opponent. Right. She picked up all these votes. So my 100-vote lead went to 10. I'm like, how do you do that? And so I said, I want to see those ballots. I want to see the signatures. 90 on. out of 90 votes Think all went to your that. opponent. And so That's statistically impossible. The, the way they're supposed to do this is, you know, we do mail-in balancing wrong here. What we do is we send out an application to every single registered voter in the state, right? And we know those lists are hugely inaccurate. People move, people die, whatever. Uh, but we just send these applications out. When you moved... From West Newberry to Georgetown, to Georgetown, yep. weren't you getting ballots yeah. for the people who had the house before you? <laughs> I live alone, and I got three ballots. I got mine plus the couple that lived there before me. Right. I mean, if the people in town hall didn't know me, I could have voted three times. Right. Um, right. But and, maybe, and at this point, you probably system. should have because then you would have won by two votes. No. But here's the thing: you know, they're supposed to look at the uh, applications. So when you want to vote by mail, you sign the application, send it to your town clerk, and then she'll send you a ballot. Then you sign, uh, fill out the ballot, sign the envelope, mail it back in. She's supposed to open that ballot, look at the signature on the envelope, and make sure it matches the signature on the application. Right. So I said, I want to see just those late-arriving ones in Ipswich. There's 100, maybe 110. And in the, over a dozen of them, the signatures weren't even close. They did not match at all. Right. Um, 
And I said, you know, we want to object to this, and you know, this is a problem. But they said, no, too late. We already opened them because once you open them, their ballots get mixed in with all the others, and so you can't separate those late arriving ones with the rest of the population. Yeah, but we know it was the number was ninety, so you just subtract the twelve that you're. Well, Think how many about it. I know, and and it gets worse. So um, we. My 100-vote lead went down to 10 votes, so my opponent says, I want a recount, which is fine. No, I would have done the same. And by the way, Um, I've watched probably 30 recounts in my life where I've stood there and watched it. Ever see 10 votes get flipped? I've never seen more than three to five votes flip. And and it's usually because somebody marked it, and then as they pulled the pen off, the the, the pen marked somebody else's name too, like just a little mark on it. So it kicked it out as invalid. And when they go through it, they go, okay, but it was clearly for that person, and they count it. That's the intent of the voter. Exactly. But it's three to five. I mean, I remember in the Willie Lantigua race, it flipped one vote out of like 30,000 people. Ken Gray Vainsbury, same thing. Right. Uh, Jim Kelkos, first Essex, he won by... 11, mm-hmm. same thing. But the recounts really didn't change anything. Right. And that's what typically happens. They so almost never change Almost anything. never. Right. But this one went south really fast. And so um, the first thing you do in a recount, you'll recall, is they run all the ballots through the machine to make sure you have the same number at the recount that you did during the election. Well, guess what? In this switch, they found somehow, they found 14 extra ballots. No one can s- figure out where these came from. Were they late? Were they overseas? Were they mail-in? But if there's, no chain of cu- if there's no chain of custody of those know. ballots, why were they allowed to be counted? Because... Because in, in, the, the shorter answer is because Democrats have way better lawyers than the Republicans do. Um, and I'll point out that for the first three towns, on Monday and Tuesday, we had really good lawyers from the RNC. So Ron Kaufman had these excellent lawyers that are experienced in ex- election law, uh, run those first three recounts, and it cha- the vote changed from 10 to 9. So we went into Ipswich on Wednesday up by nine votes. We still felt pretty good about right. it, right? But we couldn't get those lawyers. They had to go to Georgia to work on that runoff right. between Herschel Walker and, and Warnock. Which so we, we all knew them. how that was going to oh, work. Oh, yeah, I know. Won- why it's, waste it's your time? But they did. And so I ended up with this lawyer that was given to me by the mass GOP. So Jim Lyons, who was a great friend, believe me, loved the guy. But we ended up with this kid that just did not know what he was doing. And Democrats had this kid, by the, this uh, very experienced lawyer by the name of Jerry McDonough, who's very experienced, very sly, very crafty. And if you ever commit a serious crime and you need a lawyer to get you off on a technicality, you need some unscrupulous guy, he's the guy for you because – he found a if way. If you're guilty and you need them scrupulous yeah, lawyers, this is the guy you hire want. Hire this guy because he found a way to flip five votes in Ipswich. Outrageous. And it was just what you described. So when there was a scribble in my opponent's oval, you know, and it got contested, he said, no, no, it's the will of the vote. You have to give that to my to uh, the Democrat. Her name is uh, Kristen Kasna. And then there were two ballots that had the same thing with me, with scribbles. And he found a way to convince the board of registrars to not count those for me. Where? Now, so they, so they, the exact same thing, two for your opponents, exactly. they counted it, but then for you, they didn't count it. Minutes later. Minutes later. And by the way. So you call that human error, I call that shenanigans. So, well, that is shenanigans. And so the, it's interesting because those two ballots were called by me, by the people at the table. The people at the table are trained election workers. They're the town clerks from the surrounding towns. And they call these two ballots for Mira. And this guy, Jerry McDonough, found a way to convince the border registrars Two of them, any two of the three, to flip it to a blank. So three people voted to have these count for me. Two said, no, we're going to count them as blank. And we lost two votes right there. So those got put aside. And um, at the same time in Raleigh, which also occurred on Wednesday, um, they went through the whole recount, and it didn't change much until the very end, where some lady by the name of Trudy Reed, who somehow was deputizing to running that recount, I don't know how or why, she's from North Andover, um, she and the Democrat lawyers convinced the board of registrars to unspoil five ballots. Now, explain what that means, because 
prior to this unspoiling thing that they yeah. that they created, it was yep. just a way to create to get more to steal elections, in my view. Um, you voted by absentee or by mail, yep. and if you didn't sign your your envelope, it didn't count. That's if right. you didn't put the date on it, it didn't count. If you didn't do it correctly, it didn't count. Now they allow if it, if they now they say, well, there's no signature. They supposedly, supposedly, yep. will call the voter and allow them to come in and sign it or, or date it if it's not correct, so they can make the ballot correct. You know, we used to have standards in election. Yeah, I and know. And it used to be like, if you didn't vote on election day, your vote doesn't count. If your vote wasn't received by election day, your vote doesn't Back count. Back in olden days, that was the case. Back when we had election integrity. Yeah. And now it seems like they've created all of these mechanisms to be able to steal elections, but they've also created mechanisms or taken away mechanisms to be able to stop people from stealing elections. So they can say, well, where's your proof? Yeah. Well, there's no proof. For example, like um, under motor voter, illegal aliens can vote, right? So sorry about the smoke. Not supposed to. Um, but, but, but they can because – You go to get a license, you can register to vote. You right. go to sign up for, I don't know, welfare benefits, you can register to vote. Right. But it's illegal under motor voter. If I'm an illegal alien and I walk right. into Lawrence and I say I want to register to vote, and the guy behind the counter knows I'm an illegal alien because he lives next door to me, <laughs> okay. by law, he can't say. He can't even say, listen, you know you have to be a citizen to vote. The, the person behind the counter can't even challenge it because he knows the guy lives next door to him and he's an illegal alien. They, the, it's illegal to catch someone illegally voting. Yeah. Does that make any sense to anybody that it's illegal to catch somebody illegally voting so that when someone steals an election, the people that are in power can say, yeah, but there's no proof. Well, that's well there's why no proof because you made it impossible to prove it. That's why a lot of us in the legislature fought that bill to give driver's licenses to illegals because right. we said this would happen. Mm-hmm. And we, we even had amendments, Tom, to say, all right, if we're going to do this, how about we make theirs look different? Like, put, make it vertical instead of horizontal. Use a different color back. Something to distinguish it. So right. You know that this is a person that's not a citizen, but he, she's allowed to drive. Right. And you know, we couldn't even get a simple change like that put in. See, so I, their licenses look just like ours now. Right. That's what I'm saying. See, and I, it's a mistake. I would have been okay with that, Bill. Like, yeah. I'm against driver's licenses for illegal aliens. But if they wanted to do it the way you, you wanted yeah, to amend absolutely. it and say, well, make yeah. it different so they can't vote, they right. can't use it for certain things, I, I, I might be willing to come to the middle on that. And I think exactly. a lot of conservatives probably would. Yep. But, but the reason that they say they're doing something is never the actual reason why they're doing no, it. No, it's true. And we know that. And yeah. we know that because of your election. Yeah. So at the end of the day, you end up losing by... So we're down by one vote. And so we, we went to court. Uh, we filed an Essex um, County Superior Court. Ended up before Judge Dreschler. And, um, you know, just to give an indication of how so few people understand election laws. So we went in there with this complaint saying, hey, you got to look at these ballots. We think they ruled them in- inappropriately. And he scolded us. He says, you come in here with a complaint and you have no evidence. Where are these ballots? And we had to inform him that we're not allowed to have these ballots, that the law says only the clerk can handle the ballots. And he says, well, you could at least give me the copies of them or something. We just said, no, the law prohibits us from even making copies. We can't even take a picture with our phone. And the judge didn't even know that. So he got kind of angry. And he told the town clerks at this hearing, all right, get me those ballots tomorrow morning. I want them in my court tomorrow morning. And so they made a big fuss with, under police escort, they had to deliver these ballots to make sure no one would mess with them, right? They delivered them all the way to court, and once again, this attorney, Jerry McDonough, convinced that judge, hey, you can't open those ballots. This is not your jurisdiction. And so my lawyer said, no, wait a minute. We, we just talked to the attorney general's office. The attorney general said, it is your jurisdiction. And, and McDonough said, no, it's, it's the House's jurisdiction. He said, only the House can uh, rule on something like this. It's their jurisdiction. And the judge caved. And it went to SJC, Supreme Judicial Court. That judge said the same thing. No, it's in the House's jurisdiction. Only the House. Because according to our Constitution, 
The House is the final arbiter of who gets seated. And of so, course, because the House is run by Democrats, well, we, we, we can already see where this is yeah, going. Yeah, so we said, all right, you know what, we don't like this, but we'll accept it because it's in the Constitution. And so Mariano, to his credit, you know, temporarily He's said, we're not going to swear anyone in for this race and the first middle sex with two races being contested. And he said, we're going to put together this special House committee like required under the Constitution. And um, these three people, two Democrats, one Republican, will determine who the actual winners are. So they, they ruled in the first middle sex within hours. He said, no, there's no case here. Um, Andrew Shepard was a Republican there. He was saying that, once again, like I did, that the signatures on the applications didn't match the envelopes. Right. And they threw it out because they said, you know what? It's too late. You have to do that before they open them, blah, blah, blah. So they gave that race to Scarsdale, the Democrat. They waited two and a half weeks for mine and finally come out with a report saying, no, we're not going to look at these contested ballots. And Brad Jones said, I'm not going to vote for this committee's ruling if you don't at least look at these contested ballots. Right. And they refused to do it. And once again, this guy, Jerry McDonough, convinced two judges and this committee, don't open those ballots for the life of God, for the life of your children, do not open. They're scared to death of looking at these ballots. And so... Oh, is a monster going to come out of the envelope? I don't know what they're afraid of. So Brad Jones submitted a bill yesterday, H-53, that said, we need a committee to just look at these ballots. And, you know, even if they did it after giving my opponent the race, I'd have been perfectly fine for the sake of fixing our election system so they could see the flaws in it. And so it went to a vote before the full House, and it went straight along party lines. Uh, Every Republican voted for H-53 to look at these ballots. One Democrat, Russell Holmes from Boston, uh, who sh- deserves a profile in courage, because he's one of the few Democrats that will actually stand up to leadership, um, voted with us. So, yeah, we should look at these ballots. Just look at them. And um, they refused to do it. They wow. buried them. And so now under our law, those ballots and all those uh, envelopes and signatures get sealed for 22 months, and then it's destroyed before the next election which means the public will never see those ballots, those contested ballots. It's outrageous. It's, out, it, yep. it's, it's outrageous because of situational ethics. We know that politics is a team sport now. Yeah. And our guy can do no wrong, the other guy can do no right. And if you were a Democrat and this happened... That's what we argued. We argued They exactly would have done that. the exact opposite, yep. and they would have argued the exact opposite because they have no soul, these people. They have no soul. If they can, my Democrat opponent was one down by a vote, you think this... Committee votes the same way. No way. Not no way. They would. Have, they would have. They would have opened the envelope. Yep. They would have inspected oh, it. They would, they would have, have opened everything. Absolutely. They would have magnifying glasses. Yep. They, they would have dig and dig and dig. They would have public. They would have publicly posted it online. Absolutely. But and that's all I want at this point. Post them online. Let the public see these ballots. Like I said, I've already conceded because I don't want to be one of these stolen election people. Although I'm probably the only person on earth that has a legitimate claim to it. Right. I'm saying I've conceded. Let her have the seat. Mm-hmm. But for the sake of our elections. And for the sake of the integrity of it, we should look at these ballots just to fix the flaws in our system right. so the public knows what happened. But they don't want to fix the no, flaws in the system That's the problem, because it Tom. benefits them because we're yes. a one-party state. I mean, you're, you, and most people don't know, you are one of the most moderate Republicans in, in, I'm a rhino, in, in the House. I'm a rhino, fully admit it. And, you're, yeah, and, and, and proud of being a rhino, too. Like Most people I use am. that as an invective. I know. But Len, Lenny's not like a right wing. He's, I, I mean, I'm a right winger. Okay, I, I'm 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 f- further to the right than Pappy Cannon. Yeah, you are. But Lenny's not even close to me. He's not even close to my. You know where I stand on things as far as conservative versus liberal, and yet they still screwed him because he didn't oh, yeah. have a D next to his name. No. And what they really want is communism. They want one party rule. That's all they want. They want ultimate one party rule. Absolutely. It, Absolutely. It's, it's so. So what from here is there? If we if we introduce a bill. 
to fix this, they're never going to vote for it because right. they, they benefit from it. If we turn to the courts, they're going to say it's not our jurisdiction, so yep. there's nothing they can do about it. Exactly. So basically in Massachusetts, we just put up with a, with a, with a fraudulent system? As long as the voters put up with it, that's what's going to happen, Tom. What has to happen is the voters have to at some point say enough is enough. Right. Listen, every once in a while, they get fed up and they'll elect a Republican for governor, right? Because they realize... One party rule is not a good thing. Right. It never works out well. It never does. I mean, you look at California, New York, people are leaving there by the millions. There's a reason why people are leaving there. And, you know, the same thing's going to happen in Massachusetts. Right. It is. What's happening now. And the you more, are seeing it happen now. I'm actually, uh, in the last couple of weeks, been looking at possibly moving my office to New Hampshire and incorporating in New Hampshire. We would save the, we would save taxes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but I also, I practically live in my office, right? I, I, I don't know that I want to live under this kind of rule anymore. I just right. don't. I whether it, whether it's stealing elections, whether it's trying to confiscate guns, whether it's turning us into California, I want no part of any of that. And as long as there's a chance we can push it back, yeah, and we can fight back. But when they set up the system so that you can't, when they set up the system so that so that you can't stop fraud because they're the other ones in charge and the other ones yeah. committing the fraud, then you you really kind of throw your hands up and say there's no way to win. Fighting isn't going to get you anywhere. You might as well just go somewhere else where maybe you can stop the bleeding. No, so. it's true. That's why we have these laws. And the laws are put in place to make sure the different branches of government uh, pro- provide checks and balances. That's why it goes from the executive branch to the secretary of state's office. He runs the election, mm-hmm. right? But then if you have an issue, you're supposed to go to court and sue. That's the judicial branch, right? And then uh, failing that, it's supposed to come back to the legislature where the House and Senate rule on seating their members. And it's it's just totally corrupt from top to bottom because it's once again it's all one party, mm-hmm. and so this lawyer could you know he's a Democrat and he's arguing before Democrats and how are they going to rule? Well, they're going to rule for Democrats, right. Right. and it's 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 unfortunate. And you know the people complain about you know Republicans in Congress and down in D.C. You know the ones that complain about uh, Mitch McConnell, you know changing the rules on replacing a Supreme Court justice, right? Mm-hmm. And so when Obama was president, they said. You know, he was wrong because he didn't allow Obama to nominate someone to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg, right? right. And then Donald Trump becomes president, and then he did allow um, a new justice during an election year. Right. Right? And he's such a hypocrite. Isn't he awful? And he is. I don't, I'm no fan of him. I, I agree. But we do the same thing. That's exactly right. We do right. the same thing That's here. That's exactly right. Had and it been reversed, they would have taken the exact absolutely. opposite position, and they would have argued the exact opposite I'll position. argue it's, it's going to happen. Someday there's going to be a Democrat that loses by one vote or less than 10 votes. Right. And this is going to come up. And they will flip it on their head. Well, it's like the Harry Reid thing, right? With filibustering Supreme Court nominations. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And he re- yep. he removed it, and the and the Republicans warned him, look, at some point yep. we're going to be in the majority. We're going to do it to you. And then when the Republicans got in the majority and they did it to the Democrats, what did the Democrats do? They argued the opposite position. Yeah. So We've done it here before. You know what? That so, came up yesterday, too. What's the procedure in Massachusetts if a U.S. senator leaves office? Who replaces them? Do you have an election or does the governor pick? Well, of course, it depends on the party affiliation of the governor. Right. So when Romney was the governor, I think Kerry left to become secretary of state. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, we can't have the governor pick a replacement. We need an election. It's the right. will of the people. Right. And then a few years later, Deval Patrick is the governor, right? And we had to replace a senator. Oh, no, now we're going to have the governor pick a replacement. Right. It's just ridiculous. And, right. you know, the, more than anything else, I blame the media more than anything else because th- – the media is made up entirely of, of one party. You know, every newspaper has writers that are all Democrats. You know, there's not a single Republican in any – other than maybe Howie Cott, the Herald. There's no Republican writers in the newspapers, right. not in the local papers, not in the state papers. Uh, yours is the only one that has people of both parties, Tom, right? The Valley Patriot has people on both sides. Right. But can you name another paper that does that? I don't, and that's why I we – can't name a one. And that's why we do that. We started yeah. the paper because we were looking at all the other newspapers going – 
Well, where is the fairness? We just right. want to be. We just want to be fair. And so, like, we've got a radical lesbian, Danny Langevin, who writes for us every month about how Donald Trump yeah, is a she's Nazi. she's interesting, though. She is. She writes a good article. She is. And she's a great writer because yeah. she's an educator. But I get, constantly get hate mail from people saying, I can't believe that you agree with this stuff. And I tell them, <laughs> just because I publish it doesn't mean I agree with it. Exactly. I want both sides right. of every – I want not just both sides. Sometimes there's three sides to a story. Yep. I, wanna, I want to give the availability to everybody to give all of their sides. But the Globe and the Herald don't. The, the Eagle Tribune and the Lowell Sun don't. Uh, Bay State Banner doesn't. Mass Live doesn't. They all have a political bend, and they almost all to the left. Absolutely. But even the, ones that, even the ones that have been to the right, like Fox News, I get just as frustrated with them that, you know, Donald Trump took a dump yesterday. It was the greatest dump in the world. <laughs> like, like <laughs> come on, give me a break. No, like, just it's unwatchable. Call. I can't watch Fox News. I, I, I can't I, do it. I can't either. I, can't. I watch CNN for entertainment mm-hmm. because they're so over-the-top stupid with the things that they, re- that they oh, supposedly yeah. report that I watch it like it's a movie. I watch it and I laugh <laughs> like it's a comedy, like it's a Bill Murray movie. <laughs> yeah. And I just watch it and I laugh like, how do these people sleep at night? Um, but at the, local, at the national level, it's not, it's not so damaging. Mm-hmm. as the local level, because at the local That's level right. is where people have the most control. But you know what? The, the local papers, you know, it, it, it's a tough industry right now, mm-hmm. right? The, the market's not the same now. The business model doesn't work. So, you know, when you and I were kids growing up in the 70s, 80s, every town, every city had its own local paper. Mm-hmm. Okay, I grew up in Wuben. The Wuben Times was big. But that model doesn't work anymore. No one has classified ads anymore, right? right. The, ads are, the um, advertising is gone as well. And so the local newspapers are just not there like they used to be. So no one's reporting on what Beacon Hill is doing. No one's really reporting on what the planning board in your town is doing, right. the Conservation Commission. It's gone. Right. And we need something to fill that void. Uh, and it's serious because, like you said, uh, the public is completely unaware about what is really happening. Right. And um, you know, before we run out of time, I just want to repeat that I don't think my election was, quote, unquote, stolen. I don't think it was massive fraud. I don't want anyone to think that. The machines were hacked or right. altered or, at all. In fact, the machines were spot on. They are deadly accurate. They really are. And they, um, it, according to the machines, I won. Um, but it was the subsequent recount where human error comes into play, and that's where the election changed, and that's where the mistakes were made. And See, you're being kind by saying human error and mistakes. No, it I don't is think human it was error. human error, and I don't think it was no, mistakes. No, I think it was. I think it was done on purpose. I think these people purposely tried to steal this election away well, from the, you, and they, and they succeeded. The, the, the board of registrars are not trained election workers. It's not like they go to school for election laws. These are just usually senior citizens who just volunteer their time. Right. What the board of registrars usually does uh, is they look at the signatures that you submit when you go to run for office. So to become a state rep, you have to get 150 signatures. The town clerk takes them, and just to get a second set of eyes, the board of registrars will stamp it. That's all they do. Right. They're not trained in anything, and for some reason, they're the ones who decide – the will of the voter on those ballots that you described. Like, if there's a scribble in the oval, should you count it? Well, yeah, you are supposed to count it. Right. Or if there's two ovals filled out, do you count it? You know, and... Well, they, sometimes it's a stray mark on the ballot that yes. the person just kind of, like, they drop their pen exactly or whatever. Exactly right. And, and, exactly and, right. And you're right. It's got to go by the intent of the voter. But I remember during the... When Willie Lantigua turned in his nomination papers, when he ran for mayor, and there were two sheets that were all signed by the same person. And it was obvious. It wasn't even, really? like, they, it wasn't even like they staggered them. They had people sign in between. It was two yeah. full sheets with the same exact writing on it. And when, when we were there for the, um, for the appeal or whatever they called it, I remember Bill Maloney at the time... Say, who was the, a city clerk in Lawrence, saying, oh, no, no, our only job is to make sure that it's the same name as what's on the voting list, not to see if it was yeah. forged or not. So this is another law that, that, was, that was pushed through quietly by the legislature to allow voter fraud on nomination signatures. Oh, Even on nomination yeah. signatures, they have it. 
Uh, of course, unless you're a Republican. Yeah. And then somehow they find a way. They find a way to make it work the other way. So when you were, we were got about five minutes left. You were, how long were you in the legislature? I got elected in 2012. I was there for 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. And in that 10 years, uh, before you got elected, I think somebody sat down with you at lunch and told you how dirty this was, and you didn't <laughs> believe it. Who was that? Who would have been that person, yeah. Tom? And you didn't believe that. No, I knew it was, but you know what it is? You go in there thinking, you elect good people, you can make change. You know, you just talk to your colleagues and, um, you know, work together, bipartisan fashion, and you can affect change. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us go in there thinking that. And, you know, sometimes you can if, if you've if you got a good situation, at least with a Republican governor or something. And you know what? All that's gone now. It really is. And um, it's, it's like the extremists in the party are, are just taking over. And it's just unfortunate. But, um, but yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a filthy game. And, you know, there's an old saying. I think someone said, if you want a friend in this business, you know, get a dog. Get a dog. Right? <laughs> And yeah, yesterday's vote just showed that. I mean, all I was asking for is some transparency. I mean, even if they do it now or a month later, I've conceded the election, so let my opponent have her seat, whatever. At least look at those ballots, open them up, do the right thing, and they won't do it. And they're going to bury that evidence and make sure no one ever sees it. And it is just absolutely disgraceful. Is there any way to to stop this? Is there any way for the future to stop another Lenny Mara from having an election stolen, Democrat or Republican? Is 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 there, I mean, is there anything... Is, can we do something at the federal level? Is there, is there, or are we just screwed and you might as well just move to New Hampshire? Because that's know, where I am short with my of head. Winning, you know, what did Obama say? Elections have consequences, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, you don't like it? Go out and win an election. And it's true. We got to win an election. Maybe Attorney General, maybe um, you know Auditor, maybe Diane Dezogli will help out because she is like the one of the few straight shooters down there right. now, isn't she? Um, who knows? But you know, there's going to be another election. There'll be other elections for the legislature. There'll be another election for governor. Um, you just need someone that's going to take this seriously. But between now and then, you know what I think needs to happen is uh, our own party needs to right its ship. And, you know, we've been on a bad path for a lot of years. I blame my party more than anything else. Me our too. state party was dysfunctional to be kind. It was probably the worst run party in America. Bar none. Think about it. Yeah. Um, so yesterday, or no, two days ago, uh, we left the new chair, Amy Carnival. I don't really don't know that well, but it's a step. You know, and like I said, we love Jim Lyons. Um, but the, the direction we were going in just wasn't the right direction. It wasn't right. working, Tom. We were losing uh, seats. We were losing credibility. Um, and, and, they, and, and they weren't building. I love Jim Lyons, too. He's one of the most yeah, wonderful people I've ever he, met in my life. He is. And, and I'd be there for him for anything that he needed. But it, they weren't building a farm team. You know, what the no. Democrats do is if you show up at a Republican event and you're brand new and nobody knows you, yeah. they hand you their card and say, how can you donate to our campaigns, right? You show up at a Democrat event, they hand you their card and say, oh, what can we do for you? Want to be on the yeah, library board of trustees? That's right. Want to be on a zoning board? Want Absolutely. To be, Conservation, want to be on a school committee? Cleaning, yeah. Right. And they, and they build a farm team they so do. that when there's an opening for state rep, they've got 30 people they can tap into that owe them favors, right? The Republican Party, they say, can you give us a check? And then you never hear from them again. Yeah. There's no cultivating anybody. There's no trying to get people on school boards and library boards and zoning boards to build a farm team. It was always, let's just get the governor's office and everything else will be fine. How has that worked out? Romney, Weld, Salucci. Yeah, we won governor's race. That's great, isn't it? Right. But But but, what do we do for the legislature? But but where are we, though? Like, after all of those years of Republican governors, have they built the Republican Party in Mass? No, No, it's in shambles. It's in a total shambles. It's in worse than shambles. Yeah, it's completely dysfunctional. They spent the whole time suing each other, Mm -hmm. digging up dirt on each other, spending the party's money to hire investigators to dig up dirt on Mm -hmm. each other. Right. Okay? I mean, as if Democrats weren't doing that enough to us. Right. 
But, it's a um, circular firing squad. It absolutely is. And, we are our own worst enemy. And it's one of the reasons yes. I left the party. It's one of the reasons I left the tea party. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I was the, I was the keynote speaker on, on the common for year after year after year at the yep. tax day tea party. But you go to, I'd go to these meetings and I'd, I'd talk about things that were important, like putting photo ID on EBT cards, which was Katie Ives' proposal, a Democrat. There you go. And I said, let's get her here to talk about this. And they wouldn't let her because she was a Democrat. Oh, God. And I then it was that. a circular firing squad because some Republican came in, but he was for abortion. Oh, so geez. all of a yeah. sudden, there he was go. a bad guy. We couldn't yeah. have him. And there was all these purity tests. And the, all he was kill each other. And so finally, I just walked away and said, how are you ever going to win this way? Never and I don't want to be part of this. I don't blame so, you. What, what's up for you now? I and mean, we don't have a lot left, but we can go like a, we can go like a minute, right? What's up for you next? Are you going to? Honestly, uh, I think we're, we're we're severely lacking in media, and I'd like to do something there. I don't know what, but um, <laughs> you know, I love what you do. I'd love to do something like that. I've got um, a proposal for you. We sure. Have, what do you got? We're incorporated. Oh, so yeah. if you wanted to buy into the Valley Patriot All and right. help us make it better, um, you know, at the end of the year, we're we're a, uh, an S corp. So at the end of the year, if we make money, you'd get a percentage. Usually, we lose money because we spend down. Mm-hmm. Then you get a tax break at the end of the year. So either way, your investment, you get it back. See, that's how I, that's the step I think we, we really need to go in. Yeah. Honest to God, because we do a terrible job. At, and, you know, I'm one of those Republicans that complains about media bias, right? Mm-hmm. But instead of complaining about it, you know, what have we done about it? Right. Not a lot. Right. And Republicans just don't go into this field. You know, I and, and when they do, they create a Republican conservative paper. Like, I don't want to, I love Lonnie Brennan. But yep. they created Boston Broadside to yep. offset the Democrats. In the, in the regular media, but then they turned it into what the media does, only with yes. a different view. And if they were, and I used to say this to Lonnie all the time, the pizza shop down the street doesn't want to advertise in a newspaper like that. So you're only going to be preaching to the converted right. and selling ads to the converted, and you're not convincing anybody. Whereas what we try to do is the exact opposite. We, we represent all views. We try to be fair to everybody. But when something happens and somebody puts their finger on the scale, we call them out. We, we right. at least try. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So if, if, if that's something you're in, we'd love to have you on board okay. because that whole area, Amesbury, Georgetown Grove, and we do deliver there. We yep. like one or two, you know, we've got the post office. But we're not, we haven't saturated that area like when we first started. We could have you do that. That would be great. Absolutely. Love uh, writing for it. And I love um, it. you guys do a good job. What are you most proud of as a state rep? You served for 10 years. What are you most proud of? You know, we, we had a bill come out of committee. Um, last year, and this is the reason why I ran for re-election, uh, because, you know, when I first ran, I thought 10 years, do it and get out. But I have a bill, and you're going to think this is crazy. It's a quote-unquote socialist idea. It's a bill that would study a uh, revenue-neutral guaranteed jobs proposal. Okay, sounds crazy. And believe it or not, I got the idea from, of all people, Bernie Sanders and uh, Ayanna Presley. They, they are pushing something similar in Congress. And it's to look at the way we spend money, look at all the welfare entitlement spending we spend, Add it all up and say, are we better off paying people to work instead of paying them to stay home? Because right, right now, welfare pays people to stay home and not work. Right. That's what we pay them to do. And that's a really bad thing. Just think the human nature part of it. Because once people are out of the workforce for a lot of years, it's very hard to get some people to We saw to that back. with COVID. We saw it yes, with COVID, we did. right? Some are never going back to right. And that's tragic. Right. Okay, they'll be on you know assistance forever now. And it's a bad thing. And, you know, a lot of people... Uh, when they first get laid off, or I don't, they want to work, you know, and you want people to be in that habit of getting up, you know, Monday through Friday, going to work, going to a place of, of, of business or whatever. So in lieu of paying them welfare to stay home, exactly, pay them to pay, do something because there's no end of the work that needs to be done around. Right. The state. I mean, they they could stuff envelopes at the treasurer's Absolutely. office. They could, you know, like there's a million things that we could put people to work doing. How about just like cleaning up your neighborhood? We'll 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 give you welfare if you just clean your neighborhood up. Think about that. You could hand them a broom and just say, pick up the trash in your right. neighborhood, pick up along Route 95, whatever. Right. Or look what you do with the homeless. Because I went with you once. 
It is a whole like tent city along the Merrimack River. Right. I mean, think about all the volunteer work that could help those people, right? right. And instead of doing that, we're paying them to stay home right. and not work. But anyways, that's just pie in the sky. Um, hopefully someone will pick it up and, and run with it. Well, it's a Democrat state, so there's a really good chance of that. Yeah, you never know. So will you come back? We'd love to have you back. Yeah, I love going to Tom. And maybe maybe thank we'll you even make him like a temporary co-host or something if he wants to come right. in once in a while. We'd love to do it. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors. I know we're time up, and I thank Chrissy for letting me go a little bit over. <laughs> um, what, a, what a great story and uh, an exclusive on top of it. I want to thank McLennan Real Estate Century 21. Matt McLennan, we love those guys over there. And by the way, catch out their videos. Go to their uh, Facebook page. They do these funny little videos. Um, and they're, they're hilarious, and we, we love that. Uh, uh, no, they're not advertising anymore. Marsan and Son Construction. Uh, Ronnie Marsan, we're going to give him a free table to the bash this year. He's going to sit up front because we screwed up last year. He bought a table, and then when he got to the room, there wasn't a table for him. And we appreciate that he was nice about it last year and didn't leave on us, so we're going to give him a free table. Uh, EIS Investigation and Gun Training. Borelli's Deli, where I'm going to get my hot sausages if I can get there by 4 o'clock. Tomo and Shaken Seafood. You got to try the uh, Emperor's Delight, Emperor's Deluxe, whatever it's called, and the um, Kamikaze Sushi Rolls. Excellent there. A free shout out to Clear Path for Veterans New England. Brian DePina and they sat down yesterday. We had a little meeting about helping them get some transitional housing for homeless veterans in Lawrence. Uh, AFC Urgent Care. I got a great story about that next week. Uh, Pleasant Valley Landscaping. Dave Id Consoli is looking for workers. A free shout out to JG's Ice Cream. We love the Jafita Brothers. And, it, and Christy, of course, for doing a fine, fine job. Melvin Taylor says you got to go home, so go home already. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.